What's up, Sunday morning? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we're glad that you're with us as we begin our Legacy Series. Can we welcome all of our family that's watching online, here that's joining us on Facebook, Church Online, YouTube. Man, we're so glad that you're joining us. You know, God, this year has been a weird year. Can we all agree that this year has been a little bit different than we all imagined? Is everybody with me on that? Like, this year... 2020 when it started we had like such high hopes and aspirations for this year and it seemed like in March they went down the toilet didn't they (laughs) along with every ounce of toilet paper that was available on the planet because it was nowhere that was a shelving unit of toilet paper there that was empty and it was like man God what are you doing in this season and you know what's amazing is that while it may have seemed like things were not normal but Is it possible that God was trying to create some new avenues and some new venues to reach people all over the world? I think it's incredible, and we're just going to show you over the next couple weeks a couple of areas and different things where God has done some pretty incredible things. But the fact that uh, all all of my Brazilian friends that are here that are part of our church, that we're the 85th most uh, watched podcast and services in all of Brazil right now. And uh, if you haven't noticed this, I'm white. (laughs) I know some of you, you're, you thought I was Portuguese. I'm not. I, I'm, I, I, know, I know no Portuguese, but you know what's amazing is that we have a huge Portuguese population here in our church, and they're translating our messages every week from English to Portuguese and sending it to their friends. And it is growing like crazy that we're reaching people all over the world that we would have never imagined that, that we would have the opportunity to have that influence. And, and here's the thing, church. I believe that, you know, our best days are still ahead of us. I really do believe that the best is still yet to come. And while we may be facing some different things, while we might, may be struggling, I believe that what God said to us as a church a year ago is still true. In fact, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 54 that I'll, I want to go back to. And we should shared it last November, December with you that I really believed was a word from God for our church. And this is what it says. It says, enlarge the site of your tent to make room for more children. God is saying, hey, listen, it's time for you to start to think bigger. It's time for you to start to expand your horizon because it's always been about God's children. It's always been about how do we have a greater impact on people's lives? You know, this is why we do churches because we want to see uh, heaven populated and hell decimated. That's what it's all about for us. And he, he goes on to say, stretch out the curtains of your, of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes. Make your pegs, your stakes firm in the ground. He says, hey, listen, this is a season for you to continue to solidify what God has already done and what he wants to continue to do right here because when you steward those things well, what you're doing is you're building a foundation. You're building a structure that other things can be built upon. He goes on to say, for you will spread out. Have you noticed that he says enlarge, make room, stretch, lengthen, spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will take possession of the nations and will inhabit deserted cities. And he's basically saying, man, listen, I want to expand your borders. And not only do I want to expand your borders, but I want to make an impact not just in this generation, but in the next generation and in generations to come. Because what God is all about is he's about building a legacy. 
He's about having your life impact beyond your life. That's what legacy is all about. And we said last year that as a church that we want to build a legacy. We wanna, and what that entails is it entails our personal faith. And I believe that God wants us to build a legacy in our personal faith. He wants to stretch us personally. He wants us to expand personally. He wants us to trust at a greater level than we have ever trusted before in life. And I can't think of a better time and a better season of life where it seems like everything is in a disarray for us to step into a greater level of trust to the God who holds it all. It's not just about our personal faith, it's about our family, it's about the people that are around us, it's about our church family, it's about the people that are not yet a part of our family, that God wants to be a part of our family, and, and how do we strengthen them, how do we build them, how do we invest in the next generation and the generations to come, because they are not our future, they are today. And they're our family, every single one of them. The person to your left, the person to your right, the person that's watching online right now in their home, they're a part of God's family. We're about building that. And we also said it's about our future. It's about the, the generations that are going to come. Listen, we're not just building a church for today, but we're building it for future generations. I'm building it not just for your children, but your children's children right now. And the choices that we make today, the sacrifices that we make in these moments, church, I believe have a direct impact on the future that we create for those that are in desperate need of hope. And I think we have to be asking the question in our our lives what are we doing today that future generations are going to talk about like what are we doing right here right now in this moment that future generations are going to go oh my goodness I'm so thankful that they made those choices right then because the impact of that in my life today is still being felt in life and so last year we said for our church that there were a couple of things that we could do as a church when it's based on these three things. And I just want to kind of give you an update of, of what's happened. We said that uh, we could, as a church, we've been growing so much and, and God has been doing so many incredible things in our church that we, we needed to expand and, and go to other places and other things to, to launch more locations, to reach people. And, and this year, without even really knowing it, we are forced into our first additional location launch it was called church online and uh maybe some of, some of you right now you're experiencing church online we're so glad to have you with us but we launched this and you saw that there are uh, hundreds of thousands of minutes being watched there are hundreds upon hundreds of viewers that are watching online and all over the world right now in a location that we never thought was possible until COVID-19 and what God did is he expanded our horizon and he made us think outside the box and go, how are we going to do the best that we can when people are socially distanced to keep them connected to the house of God and to what God wants for their lives? And it's been an incredible thing. And, and over the next couple of weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce to you where the next future location is going to be. So you're going to have to come back to hear that as well. But we're going to launch an additional location in 2021. But you'll have to wait. Then we said it's about what's happening right here in our current community. And throughout this season, we've been able to do all kinds of incredible things. We've upgraded our technology in pretty incredible ways in this week. We've hired staff. We've been able to update our kids' facilities and, and make it even more of a wow factor in this season and trying to create the future that's here right now in the place that God has given us and be the best 
possible steward of it. It's not only about our current facility, but we said it's about the possibility of what could be here in Parkland. We said we could go and we could build a bigger facility to reach more people. You know, before the pandemic hit, we were, we were having about 18 to 19 to 2,000 people showing up here across six services every single weekend. And we believe that God still wants to reach all of those people and he wants to reach even more than that. And so we said, what would it look like if we were to build some bigger spaces and then give all of this space that was originally designed for kids back to the kids? Do you know that you're sitting in our big kids classroom right now? We're just letting you use it right now. What's the master plan? This is, this is for the second through fifth grade of our church right here. This is where your kids will grow up and worship and love God. We believe that we're here to partner with you. And we said, man, we could do all of those things. And here's the thing, is during the middle of the pandemic, you know what happened in my heart? I looked around at the circumstances that were happening all around me, and I was like, you know what, we're going to pull back from all of this vision. We're going to just take a step back and we're, we're not going to move forward on any of this stuff because, you know, like, man, the world is crazy. We're not sure what's going to happen. And right in the middle of that, we were at an early morning prayer here on a Wednesday morning and God convicted my heart so bad. You ever have one of those moments where God like punches you in the throat and you're like, ooh, that did not feel good, but it was right. And I remember God having this like personal conversation with me and going, who told you to pull back? I know what you see, but what did I say? And it was in that moment I, I realized that I was basing my decisions on what I saw rather than what God said. And here's the thing, God doesn't change his mind. And for some of you in this season... God had given you a word before all this happened, but yet your circumstances have gotten so overwhelming that you've pulled back from what he said because of what you see. And I'm here to tell you today, God is going, now listen, listen, listen. I've not changed my mind. That vision I gave you, that word that I gave you, that, that hope that I gave you, I'm not asking you to pull back from that. I'm asking you to step into that more than ever right now. Because what I want to see, it's not like God didn't know there wasn't a pandemic coming. In fact, I think he gave us that vision because he knew a pandemic was coming. Because it wasn't just going to be an exterior thing. It was going to be a pandemic of people's hearts. Where are they putting their trust in this season? And the ultimate trust that they need is the trust of Jesus. And so as a church, you know what we're doing? We're pushing forward. We're not stepping back in this season. We're moving forward because I do believe that the best days are ahead of us. And so what does that mean for us? It means that every December we do our legacy offering. And we are believing that we're going to move forward in 2021. In that building that I showed you, we have, we have the ability to start construction on that facility in February of this next year. We have the potential to launch another location in the fall of next year. And all of those things, listen, listen, that's incredible. But all of those things are going to cost an additional $1.5 million to us. Nobody's cheering right there in amen. <laughs> Nobody gets excited about that, do they? No, they never do. But here's the deal. I, I'm not going to ask you to give. In fact, we have never asked you to give here ever at Coastal. Here's what we ask. We ask that you take this information home. You take out this envelope, and as a family, you pray. And you ask God, 
God, how would you want my family and I to be a part of what you're doing here in my church? And then we would just ask that you would be obedient. And here's what I believe, that if we'll go and we'll ask God and we'll be obedient to whatever he says, that he will provide more than enough to do everything that he has planned for us as a church. And, and I believe that with all of my heart. And here's what's going to happen on December 5th and 6th that weekend. We will have our legacy offering. And we'll believe that God will provide everything that we need in that season. And we're a church that trusts in God. I don't trust in people. I trust in God. And so we're going to put our faith and we're going to put our trust in God. And we're going to continue to move forward in what he says. And, and I want you to know that, that I get it. In the last eight months, listen, we have gone through a mental health crisis. We've gone through a global crisis. We've gone through a financial crisis. We've gone through a political crisis. We've gone through a racial crisis. And in some of the most turbulent times that we have ever experienced in the history of our lives, and throughout history as general, the church has not barely survived these seasons. It has always thrived. And it's when our world is darkest that the church needs to be the brightest. And I believe that while we may have never experienced these kind of crises before, this is not the first time that people on this planet have experienced crisis. It may be our first time, but it's in these moments that I believe that God shows up best in our lives when we put him first in this season. And I want to take the next few minutes and I want to talk to you about how are we going to build an incredible legacy? How are we going to move forward in our personal faith and grow our families and our future together? How are we going to reach our potential that is so much greater than what we can even think or imagine or realize? And we're going to learn from the early church and how they endured crisis and how they thrived in that season. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts and it's uh, Acts chapter 4 starting in verse 32. If you want to follow along it says all the believers how many of the believers all. come on how many of them all. all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt what they owned was not their own so they shared everything they had the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them. And I believe, church, that that is going to be the testimony of our church, that God's great blessing is upon our church. Because why? We were united in heart and mind and spirit. We were together in this. And while the world is going crazy, the world is going to look around at a church that is together and go, I don't know what it is about them, but it's obvious that God's hand is upon them. Not because we're something great, but because we have the greatest one inside of us, Jesus Christ. And so three challenges for us as a church out of this scripture in verse 32, it says all the believers were united in heart and mind, which simply means if you're taking notes, our unity determines our strength. If we're going to be a church that, that is strong and do that all that God has called us to do, we have got to be united. And listen, we are a diverse church. We are diverse politically. We are diverse racially. We're diverse uh, economically. We're diverse from an age demographic. There is so much diversity in our church. But on the major things in life, we have got to major on what is most important, that Jesus is king and that we're living on mission that he's given us. 
And listen, I, I, I hear the, the, the things in the background like, oh, I'm not, I'm not happy about this or I'm upset or I'm discontent. Let's come together in this season more than ever because more than ever before, I believe that the enemy's greatest plan is destruction and his strategy is division. The enemy's plan is destruction, and his strategy is division. And you know it's true, because if you're married out there, what does the enemy try to do? He tries to divide the husband and wife. If you're a parent out there, what does he try to do? He tries to get you at odds with one another, with your children. If you're, if you're in the workplace, what is he trying to do? He's trying to put you at odds with other people. Why? Because he knows that he can destroy unity the moment he gets division in there. And I believe that during this season, it takes a united church to heal a divided world. It's going to take a church that's united together. That if we're going to see the division that's in our communities, that's in our cities, that's in our state, that's in our nation, then they've got to look at a united church, coastal community church, and go, how in the world can those people from so many different backgrounds and so many different places, how can they all be together? You want to know why they're going to be together? Because John chapter 13, verse 35 is prevalent here. It says, your love for one another, not your Facebook post, Not your Christian t-shirt. Not the bumper sticker on your car. Proves that you're a disciple. It says your love for one another. Your compassion. Your grace. Your ability to reach out across the barriers and go, you know what, while we may have differences, that does not... Take away my love for you and my hope for you. It says, you know what, we, what happens when we begin to cross the aisles of division and go, yo, we're more united than we are divided. We start to do that. It proves to the world that we are God's disciples. And we've got to be in a place where we're willing to fight for the unity of our church for the world's sake. When I was young, uh, my parents had bought some property up in North Carolina as a future vacation spot for our family, and I was about seven years old. And, and when I was eight, they, they said, hey, we're gonna, go, we're gonna go camping up in North Carolina, and it'll be a great time. And my parents always did these kind of interesting, crazy vacations. And so uh, it was my mom and my stepdad and my stepsister, and they let us bring friends with us. And so I br brought my friend Matt, and we were, we were camping up in North Carolina, and my parents decided, hey, we're gonna go whitewater rafting. Anybody been whitewater rafting before? You're like, we're like eight years old. Okay, like everybody on this side of the room has been whitewater rafting. This is the non-whitewater rafting side over here. It's what we just learned. Uh, if you're watching online, if, if you have whitewater rafting, go ahead and put the hand emoji up. And, and so we get to the whitewater rafting place, and we watch this video on VHS cassette tape. That's how, that's how long ago that was. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. You're like, was that a YouTube video? No, no, no. They didn't even, YouTube didn't even exist. There was no internet, okay? Um, and, and so we watched this video and they're talking about safety and they're like you got to wear a helmet and you got to wear a life vest and they're putting all this stuff on us because they're like if you fall out of this you can hit your head on a rock and die I'm like my parents are crazy they want to kill me I see what it is and uh and so 
we get in this raft and we have this God. And have you ever noticed that the gods on those whitewater rafting things are always like a 16-year-old kid that is like the expert? You're like, wait a second. <laughs> why, why is there like a 12-year-old leading us? And, and, uh, and so, you know, he's giving us all these clues and everything. And we start going down the, this river. And uh, there's some other rafts that are ahead of us. And, and as we're going down, we see this raft. There's this point where you can go to the left or go to the right. And to the left is all these rapids and the boat in front of us that's a couple hundred yards in front of us starts to go to the left and they start going down these rapids they get flipped over and you know they're they're just getting tossed it's like a it's like a churn that's going on there and they're trying to get all these people back in they're freaking out and and our God stops us from rowing and he and he says hey listen I need you guys to realize something if we go that way that is our fate Here's what I'm going to need, though. We're going to need to all come together in this moment. And when I tell you to paddle, I'm going to need you to paddle at, at, with all of your might and with all of your strength. And I'm like, dude, I am like eight years old and 70 pounds. I do not add a lot of value right here. Like my, my strength is not going to help. And he's like, no, no, no. I need everybody to do this. And if we do this together, we can go to the right and, 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 and not have the destruction and the fate that they had. And I want to challenge you, church. It's not you. It's not just me. It's not just two or three of us. But it's all of us coming together and putting our paddles in the water and playing our part to what God has called us to do. And I know some of you are saying in your mind, like, well, I don't really have much to offer. Listen, I would rather have a united novices than divided experts. And I know somebody is here or you're watching online and you're like, well, well, when I get to this level in my spiritual walk, no, 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 no. You just need to play your part right now. You don't have to wait till you get to some level. If you're waiting till you get to some level, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. What you need to do is go, hey, whatever I've got, God, whatever talent, whatever skill, whatever lack of skill I have, I'm just going to take my paddle and I'm going to stick it in the water and watch what God will do when you stick it in the water with everybody else at the same time. Verse 32, it says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that I have. Number two, if you're taking notes, our generosity determines our impact. So if our unity determines our strength, our generosity determines our impact. And we're called to make an impact in our community, in our city, in our nation, in this world, because we have something that the world needs, Jesus. And I've got great news for you today, church. Everything that our community needs right now is sitting in this room. It's just in your hands. It's the bad news about it. It's in your hands. It's your time. It's your talent. It's your treasure. Listen, we can make an impact. We can solve homelessness. We can solve the, the food uh, aspects of people that are going home hungry. We can so solve human trafficking and sex trafficking here in, in this world. We can solve the biggest problems on the planet right now. We have the ability to do it all. But we've got to realize that we are blessed people. And that we've been blessed by God. In fact, God says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. 
He says, yes, you will be enriched. In other words, you will be uh, rich in every way so that we can always be generous. And in a season where there has been so much turmoil and so much pain and so much struggle, it's really, really easy for people to pull back in this season. And I want to let you know, church, man, that there are so many of you that you have not pulled back in this season when it comes to your generosity. In fact, you've stepped into this season at a greater level. In fact, as a church, I want you to know that at this time, last year compared to this year, we've given away three times the amount of money that we gave away last year because of your generosity. I mean, we're doing more things behind the scenes through organizations and throughout the country and throughout the world that we've never had the ability to do. Why? Because people have realized, man, I'm blessed, therefore I'm called to be a blessing. I'm called to make a difference. I'm called to live generously. Why? And he goes on to say, and when will you take your gifts to those who need them, what will they do? They will thank God. It's not that they're going to come to church. It's not that they're going to be a part of this community. It's that they're going to look at what God has done, and they're going to give glory not to a person. They're going to give glory not to a church, but they're going to give glory to the one who deserves all the glory, God himself. Because that's what it's, it's all about, God getting the glory in all of this. Here's what I want you to know. Coastal Community Church will continue to make an impact at the speed of your generosity. So as you continue to give, you know what we'll do? We'll continue to be faithful stewards. We'll continue to pinch every penny. We'll continue to make sure that we're getting the highest ROI, return on your investment into the kingdom of God. And as you give above and beyond, we'll continue to push forward into things that God has called us to. And and here's my challenge to you, church. And I know that we're in an odd season and maybe you're here for the first time and and I don't want to make this weird or odd, but I want to challenge you to take your next step in your generosity. If you've never given start giving if you're given sporadically start giving consistently if you're giving consistently start giving proportionally if you're giving proportionally start giving generously and this is not about this is not about oh man the church just wants my money they just want me to, to tithe the goal is not tithing goal in life is obedience i remember when shayla and i we we first came to christ and we were early on in our marriage, and we decided, man, you know what? We want to be obedient to God. We want to trust God. Well, we we're 21 years old, making nothing, going to school full time. We, we decided, you know what? We're going to start trusting God with the first portion of what he's given to us. In fact, we're going to return to him what is his. That's actually what it is. It's not giving to God the first 10%. It's returning to God what's already his. Generosity actually starts at 11 and we started doing that, and we saw God begin to bless our lives. And we said, man, if God blesses us like this, what happens if we up that percentage? And we've been continuing to up that percentage all the days of our lives. In fact, I believe that that's why our church is so blessed, because we have not only led that personally in our lives, but we lead that as a church this way. It's why we've been able to have influence. It's why we've been able to go from the seventh fastest growing church in 2019 to 2020. You all don't even know this, but we were actually named the sixth fastest growing church in America by Outreach Magazine. Why? Because God's blessing is upon this place. And that value of honoring God is translated across the board in this house. Because we believe honoring God is important. Verse 33, it says, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus 
And listen, I want you to know that the goal of our church is to constantly testify of the power of the resurrection of Jesus. The one thing you're going to find that our church is always about, it's about people and people experiencing Jesus. It's, it's, it's what we're all about. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. It's the mission and vision and drive behind everything that we do. And it says this, and God's great blessing was upon them all. The world wasn't changed because of few disciples, but God's blessing was upon them all. And number three, our participation determines our success. I believe that you have a part to play in what God is doing in South Florida and in our church. And my challenge to you right now is that the mission is vitally important. And it's important because there's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that are broken. There's so many people that are destitute. There's so many people that are searching for ultimately the answer that we have. And that is a relationship with the creator of the universe. And we're passionate about this because we believe that heaven and hell are realities and therefore we must do anything short of sin to reach people. And if you know me well, you know that I'll even think about sinning to reach some people. And then my wife will be the Holy Spirit in my life and help me out of that. But it's why we do all the stuff that we do. It's why people this weekend without really being told just a group of guys that's a part of our church was at SOS pressure washing and doing all kinds of things why because they want to be the hands and feet of Jesus it's why Thanksgiving outreach will feed hundreds of families why because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus listen you're not called to be a spectator to the things in the kingdom of God on the sideline going rah, 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 wearing the t-shirt. You're actually called to get in the game and play your part. And so the question I want to ask you, church, whether this is your first time here and you're a guest, man, we're so glad that you're with us. This weekend, whether you're watching online, whether you've been here for a month or you've been here for 11 years with us. Here's the ultimate question. What is my part to play in building God's kingdom? What's my part to play? Because you have a part to play. And I know that you're thinking, well, my part is insignificant. No, 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 no. There is no part that's insignificant. Every single part matters you do your part and i'll do my part in fact i've got a paddle here because i think that god is taking us on an ultimate adventure right now and here's what i know is every single person in life you know what they want to have they think they want to have success but you know ultimately what they want to have they want to have significance. See, significance is way different than success. Success is just personal. Significance means you made an impact.
But the only way you can have significance is with other people. It's the only way it happens. Success is individualized. Significance requires people. And so what that means, no matter where you're at, is that you've got to realize that you've got gifts, that you've got talents, that you've got resources. And God is saying, hey, when are you going to get in the boat? And when are you going to grab your paddle and start to play your parts? Because if all of us get in and we grab our paddle and play our parts, we can have a significant impact in our cities, in our communities, and we can literally change the world. Why? Because the world has never seen a church that's united. A church that will put away their differences for the sake of the mission because the mission is so much greater than their preference. And let's be real, most of the things we fight about are preferential, not biblical. It's time for us to unite together and do something significant, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for generations that will come after us. And they will look at this place and will look at the impact that is made that is still impacting them and go, I don't know who those people were, but those people, because of the sacrifice, because of the choices they made, changed my life. That is what legacy is all about. It's about combining our faith, building our family, and creating a future for future generations to experience today and for tomorrow and for forever. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? And I want to pray for two groups here today at church. There's the first group that I want to pray for is, is maybe you're here and you've been a part of the team or you've been part of the community here at Coastal. And honestly, in this season, you, you haven't been walking in unity. There's been, some, there's been some things that have been preferential for you that have got you kind of on edge and you've been bitter or you've been discontent. And maybe today is the day you, you say, you know what, God, I need to put away my selfish desires. And I need to unify with a group of people that are on mission to make a difference. Maybe you're here and you haven't been participating in generosity. And maybe today is the day you say, you know what? I'm going to step in and I'm going to be a part of what God is doing here because I want to be a part of what God is ultimately doing in this world. And I want to make an impact that is greater than my own personal impact. Or maybe you've been here and you haven't been part of a team and you say, you know what? I want to get on the boat and I want to start rowing. God, I just pray that we as a people, that God, we would just submit ourselves to you in this season. God, that there are too many people in this world to reach to leave it to ourselves and our own gifts and our own abilities. But God, I pray that we would all jump in the boat together, that we would grab our paddle, no matter what it is, whether it's a gift or a talent or time, and we would put it in the water and we would start rowing together. And the power of our unity would begin to transform not only our personal faith, but the people all around us, God. God. God, that we would come together to not just make an impact for today or tomorrow, but for generations to come. God, that we would create a legacy here at a church. And there's a second group, and maybe you're here and 
you've never begun a relationship with God, and maybe today is the day that you realize that, that there is a disconnect in your life. There's a disconnect in your heart to, to what we're talking about, this God that, that changes and transforms and wants to do some miraculous in your life. And maybe today is the day that you say, you know what, I need to begin a relationship with him. And it's not about rules. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. That there is a God that so loved the world that he came to pay the ultimate price that we could not pay so that we could experience life and life more abundantly. Maybe today you need to make the decision to begin a relationship with him. And it's very, very simple. It begins with a prayer. Whether you're here in person or online, it goes like this. God, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to come to this earth and live a perfect life, to pay the ultimate price that I deserve because of my screw-ups and my mess-ups. God, I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for helping him to rise from the grave so that I could experience life and life more abundantly. Come to my heart, come into my life, take over. Not to just be my Savior, but to be my Lord. Change me, transform me, help me to follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.